0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that shines a light on every corner of the property world. Now, not long ago, we did an episode looking at the children's day nursery sector. And today we're going to the opposite end of the age range and asking why Europe's care home sector offers a secure investment, whatever the economic circumstances.
1: Once you're in a care system you're there because you have a long-term consistent need so you will have this continual trend of more and more people reaching that point of needing more care.
2: There's a major opportunity to consolidate across most of the markets because they are quite fragmented. In most locations you have mom-and-pop type operators.
3: The opportunity now is for the private equity to come in and partner up with more local operators to provide a far better experience. I'm Guy Ruddler and I have with me
0: three of Savile's finest, all with immense expertise in this area. I won't add up their combined experience, but suffice to say that if you did put them all into one person, that person would definitely be a customer for senior living. Uh, Karen Donoghue is head of senior housing transactions in the operational capital markets team at Savills. Karen, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: And Marcus Roberts is head of Europe in that same Operational Capital Markets team, also no stranger to Real Estate Insights. Good to see you, Marcus. Good to be back, Guy. And Richard valentine Selzy is also no stranger to the podcast. He's head of European Living Research. Richard, good to see you. Good to see you too, Guy. Right, let's get going then. Let's talk about care homes in the UK and around Europe. First of all, Karen. Can we talk to you about what what constitutes a care home? Are they big? Are they small? Are they, you know, h- how does the whole sort of product work?
2: It's a good question. I think it's especially across the UK and Europe, people use different names to talk about where elderly people may live. So, a care home is an institutional setting where elderly people will live that maybe have higher acuity care needs in most scenarios. Uh, The size of them, as you asked, varies quite drastically depending on what geography you're in. In some markets, they're quite a bit smaller. In others, they're bigger, like the U.S., for example. I think as everyone knows, everything's bigger in the U.S., but (laughs) senior housing is the same way there. Uh, But it, it varies definitely in terms of size.
0: But a care home is not the same thing as sort of senior living,
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Senior living is really more of a residential-led product where you would have third-party domiciliary care brought into an apartment or more home-like setting, whereas a care home will have 24-7 nursing on site. They will have uh, three meals a day. People um, generally have higher acuity care needs as a result of that.
0: Right. Okay. Richard, uh, I'm guessing Uh, because we have an aging population that this is there's a sort of particular interest in the sort of demographics right now right
1: yeah very much so i think it's similar to all the other living assets which is one of the reasons why investors are very keen to look at these kind of sectors is that you're not just looking at cyclical trends and the reasons you're going to go into this there are long-term structural drivers such as you mentioned the aging population you look across europe and the globe we're living longer people having less children that's pushing up not only the amount of old people but the old age dependency ratio is rising in most markets meaning there's more need for products like care homes to fill the needs of people as they get older in life
0: and i presume that that part of that is not not just living longer richard but but also you know living
1: longer uh, being less healthy for longer as well yeah exactly we're expecting more and more people to live to 100 and the older you get the more likely you are to need additional levels of care.
2: I think it's also worth adding to that, that I think as senior living has become more, independent living has become more of a product across the UK and Europe, people are moving into care homes at a later state because they have another option in terms of place to live prior to moving into a nursing home. So they'll move into a nursing home when their acuity needs are much higher and the average length of stay has gone down as a result of that.
0: It's a much relationship actually between the two, between in, in terms of ownership and things like that, between senior living and, and, and care homes? Are, are, are they linked or is it still like a pretty much a different sector?
2: I would say that historically, it, or I guess moving forward, I think they've become more linked over time. In the US, for example, they're always linked in a lot of ways. So many operators will have independent living and higher acuity nursing homes, dementia care, et cetera, all in one scheme. Whereas in the UK and Europe, it has historically been quite separated though i think we are seeing examples of where where people are putting those two things back together because it makes a lot of sense that somebody could move in when they don't have a lot of care needs and really age in place and kind of move through the continuum of care through that process
3: yeah i I think exactly right And i think on a european context um it is very much sort of two distinct camps you have senior living so independent living and then you have that sort of more assisted living space through to uh, the sort of more medicalized and uh, you know acute care that uh, that Karen referred to and so from an investment perspective you know you do find investors who are very much focused on either the independent living space and then we'll because they see that very much akin to residential and student housing and then you have the investors who are very focused on a dedicated to funding uh, and investing into the care home space because it is probably a little more niche than than the other than the senior living sector
2: and i'd also say on that that it's probably more so because they the higher acuity side of things is much more needs driven as well, whereas sometimes the independent living market, in terms of demand, can be seen as more of a choice rather than a necessity in some cases, which is driving investor demand on either side.
0: So it's interesting, Marcus, that a, a moment ago you said in Europe, uh, as, as sort of comparing it to America, but is Europe sort of one thing? In this sector, or are there lots of differences in different
3: countries as to you know the amount of provision, demand, etc. It is a very fragmented market. The more mature markets being France and Germany, where you've got larger scale operators uh, and investors in, in that space. Uh, in places like uh, you know Spain, Netherlands. As two examples, it's a very fragmented market where you have smaller scale family owned businesses, uh, owner operators, and that means that there are different ways for investors. To enter the enter each of these individual markets, so be that through operating agreements, working with uh, operators, uh, or indeed sort of taking more institutional leases, length leases, which could range from twelve to twenty five years, with uh, reputable operators uh, in that space. In terms of the sort of supply
0: side, in terms of the amount richard of the sort of the numbers of care homes beds per population and everything uh, is it all very similar
1: or or, or are there big differences in different parts of europe um no we're not all similar like as with all pizza residential i think one of the other major trends we've seen is just a lack of supply and in many countries the lack of the right type and quality of supply So some markets have a lot of ageing stock, which isn't as efficient, doesn't have necessarily the right kind of setup for the needs of the current populations going into these. I think, as Karen said, people are going into these later and later and needing a different type of care once they're in them than they might have done 20, 30 years ago. I think what we're seeing is that there's an opportunity to deliver more supply in most markets. But the challenge is understanding those nuances of each of the markets you're going into the regulatory differences that mean you can't just look at a blanket this is what i'll do across europe
3: and that leads to the differential in terms of investor type who wants to get access to this market and the current karen uh, touched on that earlier that with the regulations around it you need to be embedded in the market you need to really understand it and have a a, a focus on it you've got to understand the risks And is it just regulation or are there sort of like cultural differences that that play into this as
0: well, Karen?
2: There are definitely cultural differences, as we all know, across the different countries within Europe. I mean, for example, Spain and Italy historically have looked after their elderly relatives. And as a result of that, there are lower number of beds, number of care beds within those particular geographies, though as we've seen, the, the number of beds is increasing in both of those locations, given that cultures are changing and people are uh, becoming more in tune with what living in a nursing home may offer their elderly elderly relatives or themselves, even if it's the elderly person making that decision.
3: Yeah. Just adding to that, I think it's also the expectations as well of uh, both, both family and, and, and occupier and investor um uh, i think that one of the challenges that probably covid has sort of thrown out is the the difficulties of uh you know what capex needs to be spent on a particular you no know, asset to sort of conform with sort of you no know, changing sort of rules and regulations and therefore, that throws up sort of questions for the, own, for the business owner. No, what do I do? Do I uh, sort of close down and, and, and sell out or, uh, or, um, uh, or do I actually sort of try and find a co-investor to come in alongside me to start to build uh, a, a more of a, an operational platform of, of scale? Talking about investors
0: into the in in this market Uh, what's the pattern been like Uh, in terms of level of investment and and all that sort of stuff over over a period of time uh, one imagines it's
2: growing yeah, it's definitely growing from 2013 to 2018. Investment averaged around 2 billion euros. And as of 2021, it was almost triple that just shy of 6 billion euros. Really? So you've yeah. seen a, a massive growth, I think, as you've seen the demographic trends that are really underpinning the sector.
0: And, and Richard, is that sort of across Europe or, or is it sort of concentrated in particular markets? What are the best markets?
1: Yes, we are seeing that broadly the same trend across Europe. What we are seeing is that Germany is the largest, most liquid market and has seen quite a lot of investment over the last few years. And then after that, the UK is coming with very strong growth and some sort of we see as are primed to see future growth coming forward. Yeah, and
0: Marcus, the the sorts of people who are, who are investing... Uh, uh, are they the usual
3: suspects or other sort of different investors in this place? Yeah, so so look I think it's a it's a range of institutional investors who are probably picking off maybe one or two in a particular country, um, followed by those uh you know dedicated and specific healthcare REITs um such as the edificas confinemos who have invested cross-border so they are investing in the nordics western europe and southern europe and actually now into the uk uh, and ireland so you're seeing a vast array of geographies being covered by these healthcare REITs as well as in-country investors who are very much focused on the on the sector the opportunity now is for the private equity to come in and partner up with some of these uh, these these more local or in-country operators to provide a far better uh, experience both from a from a, a medical and operating standpoint, but also then ultimately from a, a real estate investment opportunity for the, the the mainstream institutional capital to come in and acquire these assets.
2: There's a major opportunity to consolidate across most of the markets because they are quite fragmented, as as Marcus was saying, and be- it's largely driven by. In most locations, you have mom and pop type operators that um, have historically built two, three, four homes. And there's a massive opportunity for institutional investors, REITs, uh, private equity to come in and really. Uh, I guess, consolidate those into larger operations, such as the Orpeas and Corions as Marcus mentioned, um, and really look at how they can expand across different geographies, maybe outside of their uh, home countries, for example. But you really need the institutional money to kind of drive that forward.
0: So far, we've painted a, a fairly rosy picture of the investment opportunity here. But, you know, we are heading, for instance, into or we're already in, pretty turbulent economic times, debt costs are rising, operational costs are rising, build costs are rising, all these things. You know, what, what makes you confident that this is a good area to be investing in right now?
2: The sector as a whole has proved historically to be immune to cycles. And that's largely driven by the fact that people are aging, we have to look after them, they have higher needs and have a need to live in a home.
0: Yeah, so you, you, you can't ever richard get away from that right that, that that's a that's a fact of life that you know we have older
1: people who need care and you you can't turn the tap off no i kind of want like once you're in a care system you're kind of there because you have a long-term consistent need you're not turning on and off so you're not in for a week and out again so you will have this continual trend of more and more people reaching that point of needing more care
0: yeah yeah. It doesn't change the fact, though, that you've got, you know, you ha- those other costs are still there, still rising. You know, debt costs are rising. You know, you could argue, well, why bother with this sector?
3: Why bother with property at all when, you know, when the, when the cost of debt is, is, is increasing yeah, so much? Look, I mean, I think one of the challenges is uh, around that, the, the costs of living and, and how can we how can the, uh, the, uh, the governments actually sustain their ability to care for these people in the in the public public sector there's still going to be a reliance continual reliance on the private sector i think in the future to uh, to house and to assist and aid um the um the development and the care of their of the of the residents yeah i suppose the
0: other thing is you know uh, uh- I can't remember who said it. Somebody you said earlier about that some of the stock, some of the buildings being quite old, not not really fit for purpose. In fact, you might might all have said it. You're all nodding, so you might all have all have said it at some point. That's another challenge, right? Because you know, as we move into, you know, is there a need to to really refurbish or really build new stuff, or or, or make it more energy efficient and, and things like that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, this is uh, um, uh, so almost sort of number one of uh, any investor's criteria into real estate at the moment is what are these sort of ESG credentials um, and care home market. I think with the with the pardon upon the age that a lot of the property is uh, actually really does need to, uh, um, to 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 go through that full refurbishment uh, yeah. cycle. And uh, for an investor, is that an opportunity or a or a threat?
2: I would say it's an opportunity f- specifically around new build stock. So the market has changed. I mean, I think as Marcus noted, majority of stock is outdated. However, as new purpose-built higher spec Higher with more energy efficiencies, it's coming to market. It's become more top of mind for developer operators, whereas historically, it was never really something they had thought about. So it's definitely changing. We see that as an opportunity going forward.
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, so you talk to the likes of all, the Orpayers and the corrions of this world, and it's very much sort of part of their uh, the, their agenda in in the jurisdictions where they're represented. That uh, you know they, they'll buy an asset and they really need to work that uh, that ESG side and the ener- energy efficiency. Because that's the one of the first questions that an investor is going to want to dig into and drill into detail is, you know, how how does that asset perform? Because you know that's then going to be reflected in the uh, in the value, the yield that they'll uh, they'll attribute to the property on uh, on entry.
0: Time now for tell me something. I don't know. A little nugget of information that sheds a little bit of light on uh, on this subject area. Where we'll, I think we'll come to you last, Richard, because you're the research person, so you've probably got more statistics and things to say than, than half the rest of the world. We'll go round the table. Marcus, why don't you tell me something I don't know, first of all?
3: The population aged 65 and over will increase by more than a quarter in both Spain and the Netherlands in the next 10 years. Really? That's quite terrifying actually blimey uh karen
0: tell me something i don't know
2: we talked earlier about how fragmented the markets are across the uk and europe but the value of care home stock in the uk germany france italy spain belgium and the netherlands accounts for 115 billion euros
0: wow really yeah that is a it's lot.
2: Much, I think it's much bigger than you probably would have imagined yeah, yeah,
0: way bigger than I'd than than I than I'd, I'd imagined. Richard, as I said, we'll come to you last, what with you being the, re- the research man and with all your stats at your fingertips. So tell, tell us all something when none of us knows. we well,
1: there are lots and lots to choose from, but I think we'll go on where we're seeing the most liquid investment markets at the moment. And over the last two years, so since 2020, we've seen 5 billion euros invested in the German care home market. 5 billion. 5 billion.
0: Well, I think that's a fairly startling uh, way to end this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for your wisdom on this topic. Um, If we've piqued your interest and you'd like to find out more, you'll find plenty in the UK and European Care Homes Report on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research to find that. As I say, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time.